Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're in the full swing of Major League Baseball and also Wimbledon's going on right now. So there's always sports action to bet on. If you want to place a bet on any of it, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Man, make sure y'all go 24-7, 365, whatever sport it is, whatever you think and you can bet on, go to betonline.ag. Ike, I found myself watching some Wimbledon this past 4th of July weekend. Nick Krigios, he's the bad boy of tennis. I love watching him. So if I'm going to place a bet on Wimbledon, betonline.ag is the place to do it. It's very easy to use. Use your device, your mobile device, your phone, your computer. If you sign up today, you can receive our 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, and the president of Swag and You, Ike Taylor, IT. Hope you had a terrific Fourth of July holiday weekend. How are you doing this morning, my man? I did, Mark. I'm sitting in mom's uh, dedicated Ike Taylor room in North Carolina, in your area now a days. So yeah, but I'm ready to get this thing started. Had a great Fourth of July. She wound up cooking some gumbo. So that's your favorite, we- Ike. That's your favorite. That seafood gumbo. Once we get off air just now. I'm going to go work the kids out. I'm going to come back, take a shower, and hit this gumbo for the second time. <laughs> Save some for me because I know I'll get to see you later today. Oh, man, that sounds so good. We've got a great show, and it's an honor because you're the Ike Taylor Shrine as well as I like to call it, Ike. Uh, I see the terrible towel in the background. we got a lot to talk about here on today's show. USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten Conference. Lamar Jackson entering the final year of his rookie deal. But we're going to start Steelers quarterback, battle and i heard you go on dave damashek's program minus three great podcast friend of the show talking about the steelers quarterback battle but this comes on the heels of a report that kenny pickett would need to be the second coming of johnny unitas to start week one of the 2022 season now i think it's fair to say whoever wins this quarterback battle between pickett trubisky mason rudolph is going to earn that starting spot given the competition but I find it ironic, Ike, that this report comes out saying that Pickett would need to be the second coming of Johnny Unitas when revisionist history. But back in 1955, the Steelers actually drafted Johnny Unitas, let him go. And then he went on to star with the Colts. So it's just like I read that report and I'm like, wait a second. This is a quarterback that the Steelers got rid of back in the 1950s. Little did people know. The Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Johnny, Johnny Unitas, mm-hmm. let him go, and then he just became a Hall of Famer. What, what do you know? But between Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Mitchell Trubisky, Mark, I just think, man, it's, it's Mitchell Trubisky right now. It's just Mitchell Trubisky's job to lose. 
I don't think they're going to rush Kenny Pickett. Now, of course, he did say on our show a couple of months ago, if Kenny Pickett, if he feels and the coaching staff feels like Kenny Pickett is up to far and he's close enough to Mr. Trubisky that they will start Kenny Pickett. I think they just know him for a long time, been watching him at the University of Pitt. But I'm, I'm going to say it again, Mark. I just think Mr. Trubisky found some greener grass. I think he's well more seasoned. I think he understands. I think he's athletic. I think he has the mindset. And I think now he's just a natural leader. He feels more comfortable within that organization. So right now, I just think it's Mr. Trubisky job to lose and Trubisky still very young like because remember we're talking about the second overall pick of the 2017 draft so he's still a young quarterback in his own right does have quite a bit of starting experience like the two dates I have circled on my calendar would be week 10 versus the Saints because that comes after a bye week so if you do turn things over to pick it you at least have an additional week to prepare so that would be one but then if, if Trubisky is playing well, it's like go with the hot hand and and bring Pickett along once he's ready. And I know the salary cap structure has changed things, so I think that's kind of forced teams to reevaluate how they bring quarterbacks along because if they if a young quarterback is outperforming his rookie contract, right. you can then afford to use more money on other position groups and absolutely load up uh, the, you know, the team around him, but so that would be one, but then it's just like, I'm looking at this, this calendar. Like, it's like, you don't want to throw him and feed him to the wolves too soon. Um, in my opinion too. And like, this might not be popular. I can, you know, that I think Rudolph is a backup, but you know, I don't want to feed him to an elite NFL defense early on in the season. And so I look at the first few games, like, you know, opening week, right? Ike, against the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Like, I know people want to see Kenny Pickett on the field, but I don't want him going up against where it's like a good coach will put his players in a position to succeed. And I just, I don't want to see that with Pickett early on and forcing him onto the field before he's ready. Yeah. Um, my personal opinion, Mark, and just tell me how you feel about this. I think mm-hmm. they're going to um, Alex Smith this thing. I think, I think, I think they're going to slow play it. I think they're going to let Mr. Trubisky roll this year and just hand the keys to the car to Kenny Pickett next year. If it's not close. Now, if it's close, they're going to hand the keys to the car to Kenny Pickett. But I just think, man, they're not in the rush to do it. I think they got all the ingredients on the defensive side. I think they got some young stars coming from this wide receiver side. Of course, we got a, a stud at that at that uh, running back position in, in a tight end who could possibly be a great tight end or the forthcoming like a Heath Miller and a Pat Faramuth. But other than that, Mark, I don't think Pittsburgh going to rush it. I think they're going to look at because the reason why I don't think so, because they did the same thing with Big Ben, you know, and Tommy Maddox. And then you look at Brett Favre, and after Brett Favre, you have, you know, AR-12. And then you look at Alex Smith, and Alex Smith, you got, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Then you look at Drew Bledsoe, and after Drew Bledsoe, you got Tom Brady. So there is no rush, even though nowadays – you know, these guys have been doing a lot of seven-on-seven camps. They've, they've been getting up the par. They've been having at least 10,000 snaps before they even get to uh, college. But I think, man, we still have to understand, you know, Kenny Pickett, they'll be over there at Pitt for five years. <laughs> That's what we do have to understand that part. And it took his fifth year to get to where he was at. Luckily, it worked out perfect for him. He didn't have to go nowhere. 
he just stayed in the city of Pittsburgh. So he's a Pittsburgh kid. He's a yinzer. But I don't think the Pittsburgh still is going to rush it if it's if it's not as close as they thought it would be with this quarterback position. I think they're going to Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes this thing. That would be like the ideal scenario of how this works out because then, Ike, and you've brought this up in the past too. I've heard you say this before. You have trade bait to where if Trubisky plays well, that's actually a great problem to have Correct. because Correct. then what, the quarterback position is a premium in this league. So if you have two potential starting caliber quarterbacks, that's the, like if Trubisky plays well, it's going to be an awesome problem to have. But right. again, I'm looking at the front half of the schedule, and honestly, I want a veteran in there because I'm looking, okay, Bengals opening week, team that was in the Super Bowl, New England Patriots week two, Bill Belichick's a veteran coach, knows what to do to you know, disguise his defense and to confuse quarterbacks, get a division opponent with the Browns in week three, the Jets week four. I mean, the Jets are much improved. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be world beaters, but right. they're, they had three first-round draft picks. They've got some young talent. <laughs> Bill, Bills in week four, but Buccaneers. Yeah. My point being, and Ike, when we went through the schedule, the front half of the schedule, in my opinion, is much more difficult than the back half. So that, again, to me, is an indicator of, okay, if you want to bring Pickett in, that's fine. But, again, put him in, in a position to succeed. Put him in an opportunity to succeed. You say Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, and that excites me, Ike, because, yes, Alex Smith's not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. But at his peak, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He brought the Chiefs to the playoffs they were going to win the Super Bowl with Alex Smith, but I, and I'm sure that I'm sure of this too, that Patrick Mahomes learned from a veteran quarterback like Alex Smith before he took the reins. Yeah, I mean Patrick Mahomes. That's the first thing he said about Alex Smith. He taught him how to be a professional. You know, you got to understand that that quarterback position, Mark. You're a CEO of the whole team, so it's a lot of things you got to you have to do right, whether it's on the field or off the field. And just learning from Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes, he's learned a lot. He's doing the same thing. He's been a CEO on the field, and he's been a CEO off the field. You just got to walk a, a certain line when you're the quarterback, and that's what exactly what Tom Brady have done, walked a good line. With uh, Big Ben, for the most part, he's walked a good line. And, and Patrick Mahomes, he's walked a good line. So I'm saying in some situations, when you have a quarterback like a Mitch Trubisky, who's a former pro bowler, people don't understand that part either. There's nothing wrong with letting a, a young a young Kenny Pickett sit, and that's what I think they should do if it's not close in training camp. With you there, Ike. Let's keep it at the quarterback position, and we'll stay in the division. Lamar Jackson entering a contract season. Again, I teased this at the top of the show. I heard your commentary on the Minus 3 podcast, and if I heard you correctly, Ike, you said that you would advise Jackson – to hold out and to sit out until they restructure a deal. I'm going to toss the floor over to you because I don't want to put words into your mouth. But if you're Lamar Jackson, you're advising him, he's entering the final year of his rookie deal. What would you do in the same situation? And give me me. And what I what I mean by give me me is give me my contract, give me my money, give me my cheese, give me my feather, give me my guap, give me everything that has <laughs> to describe the word money because I deserve it. And the reason why I deserve it is because, and then I just break down everything I've done in the league. I break down I'm the most exciting. I break down that this team, give, I give this team the, the best opportunity. I break down that I'm a former uh, league offensive MVP. I break down, man, you can't catch this talent <laughs> anywhere in the world but in Baltimore. And my name is Lamar Jackson. That's what I break down. 
Now, you're going to try to break down to me everything I can't do. But I'm, all I'm going to ask you to do is ask my teammates and ask my coaching staff. Ask my coaching staff. Now, Coach Harbaugh, I think <laughs> he's playing both sides of the fence. I think he does love Lamar Jackson. I think he does think he's a special talent. But at the same time, he's still working for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> so you got to ask Coach Harbaugh, <laughs> you know, which what you want to do. And I'm sure Coach Harbaugh, like, look, man, before this 2022 season come around, I need this guy on the field. So we definitely need to get this contract done. I'm hope I'm hoping Coach Harbaugh says that to the front office and this organization. But if I'm Lamar, I'm not stepping eight foot on the field. I'm sitting on these sideline, outside the white lines, and waiting for and waiting for my money to hit this transaction so this money can go in my bank account. That's exactly what I'm waiting for. So for Lamar, it's just he's too valuable for that organization. Now you can say, well, you know, they they won. And I know Shaq, when I was on this podcast, said they won with Trent Dofer. But hey, they had an historic defense, Mark. And right now, they got a good defense, but it's not historic. Like the, the defense they had back in the day um, with Trent Dilfer, where you only had to score a few touchdowns in the playoffs to win the whole thing. <laughs> you know, so Lamar is just different. You know, so now I think they have to they have to change their game plan to Lamar. They have to groom Lamar now. So we let Lamar be Lamar a couple of years ago. And yes, he's gonna get us to the playoffs. Okay, what's the next what's the next step? Is him going through his progressions? Is him going through when the playoff comes, man, what team's gonna try to do? What they're gonna try to do is keep him in the boxing, but I mean the box is the pocket, you know. So who can I use other than Andrews? And now I think they have a wide I think Bateman coming from Minnesota, wide receiver, he was hurt last year. I think he's gonna have a breakout season. I think Andrews still will be a part of a huge the huge success. And now they got their running game back. So really, you got two running backs in Lamar and a running back. You got a tight end. You got a, a wide receiver. So and you got a defense. It's just Lamar is just too valuable. So if I'm Lamar, I'm not stepping eight foot on the field until I get this money and it hits my bank account. From the Ravens standpoint, Ike, they're looking at this saying, wait a second. We picked up Jackson's fifth year option on his rookie deal and we're paying him twenty three million dollars which is substantially more money combined than Jackson made in the first four years of his career. However, Jackson's looking at it from the standpoint of, wait a second, Josh Allen, uh, you know, pro bowl level quarterback and elite level quarterback in the same draft class as me just got $43 million on average through the 2028 season. So, the figure is going to be somewhere between that 23 million Jackson is owed this year and the 43 million that Josh Allen is getting per year. And so that's how he's looking at it, considering former league MVP, 25 years old, 37 and 12 as a starter, and 84 to 31 touchdown to interception ratio during the regular season. Madden right. level quarterback, entertaining to watch, but it's the playoffs where he struggled. Right. One and three as a starter in the playoffs, three touchdowns, five interceptions. But Ike, you mentioned the injuries that the Ravens had last season. They're going to get Gus Edwards back. They're going to get J.K. Dobbins back. Ronnie Stanley along the offensive line as well. So you're positioned in Jackson's final year of his rookie deal to be able to get back to where you were because this was the team that was leading the division. Then the final six weeks of the regular season, Ike, they lost all six games Jackson missed four of them. So this is not a same Ravens team without Jackson on the field. I'm with you there, but I come from the standpoint of 
Like, look, if we're just drafting in Madden, you can pick one quarterback, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, who you'd rather have. I'd rather have Josh Allen. Yeah, but for Lamar Jackson's point of view, you know, Josh still haven't won the Super Bowl. So my record is better than his mm-hmm. as a starter. My interception touchdown ratio is better than his as a starter. Okay, he gets to the playoff, but he got he doesn't get to the Super Bowl. So really, hang on though, hang on though, Ike. Let me counter really quickly. I mean to interrupt you, but this is an important point. Did Josh Allen lose that playoff game, or did Coach McDermott lose that playoff game by kicking off to the or kicking the touchback to the Chiefs and not forcing them to return with 13 seconds left? It's still on Josh Allen's resume. So when you just want to talk about when you want okay. to talk. About quarterback you got to talk about the head coach and the quarterback it's only two people who are going to take the blame it's either going to be the quarterback or the head coach and really nobody really never saying nothing about the head coach from this standpoint and coach sean mcdermott it's just it's it's still on josh allen resume now coming from a standpoint of a, a better a stronger arm a better passer like really who, who you can really say who has a better arm than josh allen in the league really nobody now, when you want to talk about having a style of throw, you might say Patrick Mahomes might have a style of throw, but hell, Aaron Rodgers, I, I played against Aaron Rodgers. He's been doing them style of throws since I've been playing. And this, and we talking about 2005. So this ain't nothing new I've seen from when it comes down to the style of throw. So Lamar Jackson, like, okay, nobody in my draft class has won a Super Bowl as a starter from the quarterback position. And now, my resume is better than a lot of these guys as a starter. And the only thing y'all can say is, which is very important, and we'll talk about the playoffs, but heck, I went deep into the playoffs. Josh Allen went deep into the playoffs. It's not my fault that he had 13 seconds left and they couldn't close the game out. But since they couldn't close the game out, that looks better for me when it comes to my argument on me getting my money. I just wanted to point that out. And I like I like Sean McDermott as a head coach. But again, looking back at that game, the Bills shouldn't have lost that game to the Kansas City Chiefs, Ike. But so hang on, to, to put a bow on this, would you advise Jackson to hold out? Would you do almost like a soft holdout with what we saw TJ Watt do? What would what hey, would you um, do if you were encouraging Lamar Jackson if he sought your advice? Not even coming. I'm not even gonna Why? risk it. You know, I, I, I'm not I've did everything y'all need asked me and needed me to do plus plus more if I'm Lamar Jackson. So all that, and hopefully I'm in the ballpark, and that's between the 38-43 range. That's all I want. Really what it boils down to, and we talk about these quarterback contracts all the time, Mark, mm-hmm. it's my upfront money. Y'all give me my money up front, man. Y'all can do whatever y'all want to do to me on the back end. I don't care. By then, I didn't, I didn't build my resume. Hopefully I put a Super Bowl in this organization, then we're going to cut. We're going to cut another check. But other than that, if I'm Lamar, I ain't even stepping foot. We'll call that the Dak Prescott from now on, Ike. There, there we go. That's that we're going to do. The, 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 D, the Dak Prescott, the DP. Well, and I like that too, Ike, because you mentioned that on our last show. And I'm like, what is Ike talking about? And I pull up his contract details on Spotrack. And honestly, like you knew it like the back of your hand to where that contract is very much front loaded to where it becomes a, a little bit more team friendly, but then because the player's been paid his money up front on the back end, it's not quite as lucrative, but then the team can get more creative with how they spend their money, which is the challenge that all teams face when they have a star quarterback. Eventually that dinner tab is going to be due and you're going to have to pay that player at the same time 
when that quarterback's still not on his rookie deal. There's only so much you can do to upgrade the team around him. And, and I'll say this, and I've said this too, the moment Jackson gets his new deal with the Ravens, because to say, hey, we're going to let Lamar walk, that is not going to happen, Ike, because they could always put the franchise tag on him for the Correct. 2023 season if they want to let this play out and force him to play in the final year of his rookie deal. They're not going to just let him walk because, again, it goes back to what we were talking about at the top of the show. Quarterback position in this league is a premium. So even if you think that Lamar Jackson struggles in the playoffs, which he has through four games, that narrative could change this upcoming season. But to say, hey, we're going to start all the way over and we're going to have to roll the dice and, oh, yeah, we're going to have to start with someone who's not a proven league MVP who's played at the highest level already in this league. Like the, the Ravens and Jackson will work something out. What we can hope for from the Steelers standpoint is we hope that that figure is as high as possible. I want that to be more than the 43 million owed each year to Josh Allen. I hope Lamar Jackson gets 50 million because then the Ravens can't make other upgrades along their team because that money is going to Lamar Jackson. Yeah. If Lamar look at Dak, Lamar just look at Dak Prescott contract and be like, man, give me 60-60. So in, a, in two years, man, go on and give me $120 million. You know, in three years, man, go on and give me 100, 100, 180 million. You know, and, I, and I'll be cool. Y'all can play with the back end. How y'all won't play with the back end? But, you know, for the most part, give me 75 this year. Um, if I feel like it, give me 60 the second year. And go on and give me 60 the third year. And my, and my annual... And my annual salary, y'all can play with that how y'all won't play with it. But just give me my money up front. So that's how I look at it, man. I think Dak, you know, for the most part, have a, ha, had a heck of a four-year deal to be exact. Just had a heck of a contract, you know, $75 million in 12 months. That's a lot of money. So a lot of guys look at the big picture and um, just look at the Patrick Mahomes contract. Mark Patrick Mahomes, um, in so many years, is still a team-friendly contract, you know, but – if you look at what Josh Allen got, Josh Allen can hit that again twice, plus more. So, I mean, at the time, it just was a perfect contract for Patty Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry. But Dak, me not Dak. Lamar should do the same way. He should look at how Dak did his. Um, I think he should get more because of the type of player he is. I think his value is more value than Dak, and Dak is my dog. But I think his value more valuable than Dak at that team's position, you know, just him in general. You know, if you ask who you're going to take, Lamar or Dak Prescott, I think nine out of ten people are going to say Lamar Jackson, you know. So that's that's just what it is. So he just brings a whole different dimension, not only to the game, but to your football team. And that's another thing you got to look at, man, what he's bringing to the team from a, from a, uh, from a Jersey standpoint and from an NFL league standpoint. Like a, a, lot, a lot of things, a lot of that goes into consideration when you want to talk about a quarterback, when Lamar Jackson is playing, you know, how does how does the ratings go? You know, we ain't saying the Baltimore Ravens. We saying Lamar Jackson. When Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, he's, he's a must-watch, <laughs> you know? For Dallas, when you look at Dallas, you just look at Dallas Cowboys because Jerry Jones is a businessman, and he understands how to promote his team. When Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's a must-watch. So it's a lot. It's only a few guys in the league who's a must-watch. And one of them is Lamar Jackson. So it's a lot of things you got to take into consideration for this kid. Yeah. From the marketing standpoint, I can amongst the young fans in the league, the kids that play Madden and whatnot, they're more so concerned about the individual athlete than the players. 
And like you could probably tell me better than I could with your son and his friends of, okay, you ask, you start talking about sports. Lamar Jackson has to be top five in the NFL of when you're talking about just exciting players to watch in the league. He's in, I'd argue he's probably top three, but top five, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, we're saying top five, and we ain't even talking about wide receivers or running backs. You know, when you want to say uh, Cheetah, Cheetah's probably one of them. Lamar is probably one of them. And you really, other than that, who else you really going to say? Like, somebody got to take on third. Because when those two guys are playing how they should play or playing at that superstardom, man, it's just hard not to watch those guys. And one other thing, too, like you mentioned front-loading the contract. I think that makes particular sense with Jackson, considering he is a running quarterback. He does a nice job of avoiding big hits, unlike many of his predecessors that were running quarterbacks. But that ability is just, you know, eventually over time, I don't think he's going to be as dynamic of a runner as he is at this point in his career while he's still young. So I think to even further prove your point of let's get a deal where front-loaded where a lot of the money is guaranteed up front makes sense just given his particular style as a quarterback as well yeah you you he, he's special mark them them guys like that don't come around um lamar jackson totally understand what it is what people are saying about him and him just being a running quarterback he doesn't take the big hits as as the older quarterbacks used to take and i just look at the relationship between him and coach harbaugh you know so for coach harbaugh to ask lamar on a couple occasions, Mark, hey, Lamar, what you want to do? Do you want to go for it? And Lamar's like, heck yeah. You know, with 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 a Hall of Fame kicker and Tucker sitting over there. And because Coach could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to bring the Hall of Fame kicker and just let him get the three. That's an easy three for us. But the fact that he gives Lamar the option, the fact that the coaching staff and the team love the option, the, the fact that Justin Tucker don't mind Lamar Jackson, you know, going with that option, says a lot about Lamar Jackson. So these kind of people don't come around too long. He's a guy who's going to say say good morning to the person who works in the cafeteria and say and treat the same person as the CEO the same. So that's just Lamar Jackson. That's his demeanor. That's the way his teammates talk about him. His teammates said when he was out, there wasn't a lightning in the bottle in their practice for the minicamp. Once he came back, for, I mean, for the OTAs, once he came back to minicamp, they felt his presence. They felt the lightning in the bottle. So he just, when he's in the building, when he's on the field, it's a sort of, okay, we have a chance when Lamar steps on that field. So that's what you can't coach. That's what you got to pay for, though. Remember, Jackson represents himself. He does not have an agent. He's his own agent, number one. But then number two, Ike, when is the NFL going to force Justin Tucker to kick with his opposite foot that's how dominant he is. The NFL and the league should make Justin Tucker kick lefty because if you get it across the 50-yard line, he's probably nailing Money. the field goal. That's how good he's been. Money. just Between Justin Tucker and Lamar Jackson, I smell money other than that gumbo that's cooking in my mouth. <laughs> All right, Ike. We will continue on to the final segment of the show. USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. I have a lot of thoughts, but I want to start with you. When you first heard this news, what was your first reaction? First thing I said was money. Since we talk about Lamar Jackson, uh, I saw USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten, man. I said, man, that's money talking. That's all, that's all yeah. that is. 
Cause you can just see, look, look at what's going on with USC right now, man. They're getting all these transfers, going through these transfer portals. Like these kids hitting the portal, and they just slide out. And you was like, I wonder where they're going. USC, you get another kid, they're gonna hit the portal. And you was like, man, I wonder where he going. USC, then you just get another kid, he slide in the portal. Like, man, I wonder where he going. Man, he going to USC. USC ain't doing nothing. <laughs> NIL deals, the LA lifestyle. Big lights, big lights, night, uh, nice night life. That's just what they got to offer. Plus, we got a heck of a team and a football coach. So, this is what I see at UCLA is on the same, <laughs> a couple of miles down. <laughs> so, when you look at that, it's like, hold on. So, USC is right here, and UCLA is actually in the city. <laughs> UCLA is actually in the city of, of LA. So, man, you just got option. That's money. So, both of the colleges agree. Look, we got plenty of money in the city of L.A. We're a big-time organization. Um, we got everything we need as far as, like, publicity, uh, the nightlife, uh, why people want to come here. We're getting the coaching staff and the coaches up to par. We're getting back to where we used to be. And they say, you know what, why not go back to the Big Ten? So now we're getting exposure that we need. So it just makes a whole lot of sense, man. When it comes down to it, as soon as I saw it, the first thing I thought, Mark, was money. <laughs> yeah, I, the number two TV market in the country behind New York, New York, the city so great they named it twice. I, my first thought, you know, I'm from the Midwest. Midwesterners are going to love visiting L.A. in November, December, January and February in both football and basketball, because when it gets cold and I have a lot of friends that went to Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, they're going to say, huh, my team's playing UCLA or huh. My team's playing USC. Want to go take a trip with all of our buddies and alumni and go out west and go out and take a vacation? This makes so much sense in that regard. But, man, I'll be honest with you. You kind of go from a power five to a power two now because, Ike, this comes on the heels of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. So the SEC is going to be loaded come 2025. It already is. But now the Big Ten – makes this move to counter that and all the other conferences are going to be left scrambling. I couldn't help but wonder what's the future of the PAC 12. What's the future of the other conferences? Because now you have two dominant conferences in the sec and the big 10 that are very, very top heavy. And that are just absolutely loaded with the elite of the elite when it comes to collegiate athletics. Yeah. Don't be surprised if Oregon slide over in the big 10 as well. And it's just popped in my head since we're talking. And the reason why I said Oregon, you know, it's going it's gonna to be a strength of schedule. They're going to they gonna get watched more if they join the Big Ten. I mean, we all know what Oregon brings. Oregon brings some sneaky and quiet guys in the NFL. You know, just just look at Herbert and, and, and Sue Well and other guys the last couple of years who's coming out the University of Oregon. But it just makes sense in my mind that Oregon goes to the Big Ten to get the exposure they really don't get because they all the way up top on the left coast sitting over there by Canada. And Ike, you're talking about the Nike money with Phil Knight as well, where Nike is headquartered. I will say this, and obviously this could change, but when I was researching this, the LA Times, multiple sources told the LA Times, the Big Ten is not looking to expand right now by adding another Pac-12 team, but obviously that could change. And so- Correct. Oregon and Washington would still be, in my opinions, the two blue chip programs right. left in the Pac-12. Notre Dame is still out there, too, as an independent, Ike. 
And I was thinking about this too when we were discuss when we I knew we were going to discuss this segment. Notre Dame in 2020, this was during the COVID season when everyone was trying to figure out, okay, are we having a college football season? Are we not? The ACC in 2020 should have said, look, we're throwing you a lifeline, Notre Dame, by being able to provide and help and you know, have you join our conference for a year by playing all of our teams. In, 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 you know, for extending this olive branch to allow you to play in the 2020 season, we're going to need a five-year commitment, a 10-year commitment, an indefinite commitment. The ACC had that opportunity in 2020, and I wonder what leverage Notre Dame had at the time because – Money. The ACC to bolster itself. Yeah, probably the NBC contract, like, but the yeah. ACC to bolster itself should have added Notre Dame at the time when the, the opportunity to remember Notre Dame played ACC schools in the 2020 season. Yeah, but you got to understand Notre Dame got their own TV TV network. That's what a lot of people don't yeah. understand. No, Notre Dame is like. It's like Texas. That's one thing we're never heard of from the alumni to the boosters. We're never heard over the money. You know, that's why Notre Dame can just be on their own for this long. You know, that's why they're independent for this long. So Notre Dame dictate, they dictate, they don't let nobody dictate to them. That's what you got to love about Notre Dame. And really, they're the only college who, who can really do that. We can play whoever we want to play. We can get this TV, uh, we can get these, we can get these uh, games nationally televised and we really don't need any help from nobody. <laughs> They've been doing this for the longest, not too, people, not too many colleges can say that or not a college can say that. So uh, Notre Dame just different. Like when you just leave, when you just leave, I, I'm, I'm going to use the uh, the black sheep preference. You just leave that black sheep sitting over there because they're all the way different, man. They just figure it out. The funding is so good. We're talking about, you know, not even from a sports standpoint, from other aspects, they can always be funded well over there at Notre Dame. So it's just it's just a school that that <laughs> there's no such thing as money. You know, when you when you when you ask a, a few people I know and they're billionaires that they, they they don't understand, you know, uh, <laughs> I ain't going to say the value of money. They just got so much of it they just don't think about it. And that's Notre Dame when it comes down to this football and getting on TV. They got so much money they don't even think about it. You know, you got to come to them with a a billion dollar deal for them for them to move. Because if you just come in with them with a multi-million dollar deal, 100, 200, 300 million dollar deal, they're like, nah, man, you should see who's funding us. <laughs> you know, you should see who one of our alumni are. So we ain't really tripping on that. Man, that's just from a sports standpoint. Now, when it comes down to the <laughs> to the funding on the other aspect, man, that's a whole different level. So Notre Dame, man, they're going to always be different. They will never have an issue when it comes down to money, that's why they just able to move and maneuver the way they want to Mark. I hear you. I hear you. Ike final thought about this. Uh, the Rose bowl, I don't think is going to have the same cachet once UCLA and USC move. Uh, I'm going to miss UCLA versus Arizona and hoops. Great rivalry, but I will say this USC versus Rutgers coast to coast. Sign me up. I can't wait. And it's going to be a matchup no one ever thought we'd ever see in the world. But now the Big Ten is on both coasts, USC, Rutgers, head-to-head. Two universities that are just like polar opposite. you got the glitz and glam of L.A. and Hollywood, and you've got the blue collar and Rutgers. I love it, Ike. I love it. Yeah, that's going to to be a matchup 
that, that Lincoln Riley going to be like, man, when he sees the Rutgers on the schedule, he's going to be like, it's going to be a dog fight. Because that's exactly what the Rutgers bring. They got that, they got that East Coast, just, just say like Philly, New Jersey. It's a mix. Like Rutgers is a mix of Philly, New Jersey, New York. Connecticut, bro. Like they, they just got a gumbo pot. Speaking of gumbo, they got just got a gumbo pot of people, and it's all like, I gotta prove myself kind of attitude for Rutgers. You know, we are always the underdog for Rutgers, going against the, the, the entitled, so say, <laughs> USC guys. Like y'all just feel like y'all entitled. Y'all get everything y'all want. The iPhone come out. The iPhone twelve come out. Y'all get it a week before everybody. We yeah. still, Rutgers, we're still sitting on the iPhone 10 and we don't care as long as I got Wi-Fi, I'm good. So the mentality is totally different. And once they play up, I'm, I'm going to say this, Mark, you called it on the head. It's going to be it's gonna be a game, but I'm sure Lincoln Riley already looking at it like, man, it's going to be tough when we play these boys because we just got to understand that East Coast mentality, especially where they at. I wonder if you gave Lincoln Riley truth serum, if he knew that it would be a possibility that USC would change conferences when he accepted that job. I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that question. Ike. it's an unanswerable question, but I am curious. Yeah. I mean, Lincoln got two houses in one city. He has a private plane whenever he needs it. One of his houses cost 17 million on the beach. The other house sitting, sitting at eight, on the inland, so Lincoln knows exactly what he's doing, man. That man's just getting paid and living the high life. I, I'll take a room. I can house sit. We could. I could do the pod from there. Listen, man, I mean, I'm available. For Lincoln Riley, we know you're watching right now. Mark Bergen is available if you need someone to house sit for you, baby. No question. All right, Ike, we will wrap this up. This is always so much fun. I want to thank you. I want to thank our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Lucy Odin, and producer Yinsi. The Believe Network, check out all the other great shows that we have and offer. Please give us that five-star review. I want to thank today's sponsor, betonline.ag. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your day. I want to second that with Mark. Um, make sure y'all give us a five-piece. Give us a five-star rating. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching the Believe in Network especially the Believe in Podcast with Mark and I. I want to thank everybody between BetOnline, Brinks TV, um, the whole staff for just coordinating this show and having Mark and I just making it look professional and just taking y'all time out, whether it's during the holidays or a day after the holidays. I got to thank everybody behind the scenes from us, Believe in Podcast, for just helping us out and, and we all being on the same page. So hopefully everybody had a good 4th of July. I know it's the 5th, so... You know, we got to be proud to, to live in this good country of ours. So appreciate everybody. Make sure y'all give us a five-star rating with a rating and reviews because all we do is speak the truth with a lot of personality. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you again for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.